Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good to see everybody today. Isn't it good to be seen? Yeah. Are you here? Good. Glad you're here today. James chapter number one. We've been doing a series, a study through this book, series of messages, and and so far we've made it down to verse number 19. I think we'll finish chapter number number one, uh, 2023 maybe. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get through there. So much to learn, right? So many wonderful truths in God's Word. I remember saying this as I introduced the study, book of James. We had said this, we had said that many have called the book of James the, the, the book of Proverbs of the New Testament. You remember that? You know, the book of Proverbs, tremendous book in the Bible. The book of Proverbs is a book that's filled with these, these concise observations of life. Take that in for a second. You know, uh, they just, you know, kind of, we, we might call it one-liners. You know, these concise statements that Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, uh, observes as he, as he walks through life. For example... Proverbs chapter 3, we find this observation. Now pay attention right here. He said this. He said, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, and if you, if you don't lean to your own understanding, if you'll just acknowledge Him in all your ways, here's what I've observed. God will direct your paths. I think, I think sometimes we ought to read the Bible and try to pick up the attitude of those who wrote the Bible, because it makes a difference, doesn't it? Uh, I'm not teaching the book of Proverbs. Maybe one day we'll go through it together. But I do want to say this about the book of Proverbs. They're not promises. And so what you find in the book of Proverbs are observations. And Solomon says this, I've lived long enough, and God has given me keen insight so that when I observe life, here's what I've discovered. If you'll do this, it just seems that this happens. For example, if you'll just trust God with all your heart, and if you, if you just stray away from leaning to your own understanding, here's what I've seen happen. God, Almighty God, will direct your path. That's a great observation, isn't it? Well, I said this in the beginning of our study, and this is not my conclusion, but many have concluded that the book of James is kind of like, like the Proverbs of the New Testament, because what you find in the book of James is just practical wisdom for living. You know, James kind of, he, he just puts it down where everybody can reach it. Isn't that what we want? I, I, I am sometimes, I marvel sometimes at the intelligence of some humans, but it baffles me because the most intelligent people that I've ever been around learn how to confuse things and complicate things. 
<laughs> I, like, I like something that I can use immediately, that I can put into practice, that I can exercise in my life immediately, right? And so James, when you read through the book of James, it's kind of it's like what you see. Um, not only that, we have these wise statements in contemporary life. For example, look at one. Flash it up on the screen. Here's a, here's a contemporary statement. We might call this a proverb. Look at this. The greatest use of a life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. Somebody say, that's good. Look at it. Take a picture of it. Get out your phone. Take a picture of it. That's probably one of the best things you can have on your phone, a statement that will help you to live life in the most in the most proper way. The greatest use of a life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. That's a contemporary proverb. That's a concise statement of wisdom. In fact, it's a great observation, isn't it? And that's what James is speaking about. When you look in James chapter number 1, verse number 19 and 20, you, you kind of you find uh, James sharing what we, we might call a proverb. Look at the text here. I got it up on the screen for you. Verse 19, James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be, now say this with me, you ready? Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. That's, that's good counsel. Isn't that good counsel? Let every man, let every one of us be, and he, he gives these three, maybe one-liners, or this concise statement, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. What's that look like up there? It looks so much better down here. You know, I got these great monitors down here. It looks really nice, and up there it doesn't look that good. Uh, but that's good counsel. And then he said this, look at verse 20, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Or in other words, here's what he's saying, our anger doesn't help God at all. Here's what he's saying, our anger does not produce the right kind of testimony. Here's what he's saying, our anger does not advance the kingdom of God. Are you getting that? You sit so still sometimes, I'm not sure if you're getting it. So James says this, a proverb, practicality. You can take this with you, Nathan. And here's what he says, let every one of us be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and all three of those things kind of go hand in hand because our anger doesn't do anything to help the kingdom of God. Well, that's good counsel. Huh, that's pretty good counsel. Uh, in, in the... In the original writings, and by the way, we don't have a copy of the originals. We have the preserved Word of God, right? God inspired the originals. God spoke to man, and man wrote down exactly what God wanted to be written down, and then preserves it for you and I so that we have a perfect copy of God's Word every bit of it, right? From start to finish, in fact, I even believe every I is dotted, every T is crossed, just like God would have it to be. You agree with that? But in the original, if you were to read this in the original writings, it's written in the continual tense, meaning this, meaning being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath is not a one-time exercise. Are you with me? No, it's to be continual. It's something we need to continue to practice. 
over and over. Let us be continually quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Continually. Help me here. In fact, a whole lot of the instruction given us in the Bible is to be continual. It's not a one-time exercise, right? We don't hear it in Sunday school or in Connect class. We don't hear it in church and just say, man, that was good, and then we run off and live our life. No, that was good. I'm going to take it with me. I'm going to apply it in my life so that it helps me to be what God would want me to be. And life goes a whole lot better that way, doesn't it? And so it's written, it's kind of written in the, in the continual. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to connect this passage with everyday life. In fact, look at the screen. Life in, <laughs> life in real time. They really got quick, didn't they? Life in, in, real, in real time. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I think you understand this. Today, we, we live in the information age, don't we? Right? I mean, to tell you, it, it just comes uh, real-time, uh, stories change every few minutes. Do we have any news junkies here today? Any news junkies? Come on, be honest. You're a news junkie. You know what that means, right? You always listen to the news. Now, I put KYW on all the time, and, uh, and I kind of, I'm, a, I'm not a news junkie. I used to be a junkie, but I went to, jun- I went to News Anonymous. <laughs> I got detoxed, you know, and, but... Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of just how much information comes our way on a regular basis. I happened upon this statement. Go ahead and flip it, guys. Look at this statement. If you happen to read the New York Times newspaper for one week, you will be exposed to more information than the average person living in the 1800s came across in their lifetime. Hello? No, 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 don't flip it. Yeah, they need to, they need to sink, sink their teeth into this. <laughs> Think about that for a second, right? I mean, there are today, there are 24-7 news cycles. True? We have, if you have a, a smartphone, you, you know, you, you, get, you get notifications of every little thing that happens. Right? And sometimes it's minor and sometimes it's not. You know, we're, we're glued into Fox News or whatever your News Nation or Newsmax or whatever your, you notice I didn't mention some of the other ones. <laughs> you know, we have, we have the evening news. Now it comes on, look here, it comes on at four. Right? When I was a kid, you had the evening news at six o'clock with Walter Cronkite. You know, now it's 4, 4.30, 530, 5, 5.30, 6, 6.30. And then on some channels, it even goes 7, then it comes back on at 10. And if you ever watched it, Brian, it's the same news over and over and over and over. They just use different words. So I said that to say this, we are living life in real time, you know, and it's, 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 it's fluid. It's always changing. I happened upon this. I happened upon this, uh, this statement about the information age, and I want you to hear it. Someone, someone wrote this. They said this, we've learned how to make a living, but not a life. Take that in for a second. We, we've learned how to make a living, but not a life. He went on and said this, we've added years to life, but not life to years. Uh, we've done larger things, but not better things. 
and this is the one that got me, we've conquered outer space, but not inner space. Think about that. We've conquered outer space, but not inner space. And after all this advancement, and I'm not balking because I enjoy it. Look, I'm, I'm preaching from a, you know, a tablet, and I have an iPhone, or, or I have a smartphone, and I have a laptop, and I have a PC, and look here. I am wired up, tuned in, and heavily caffeinated. How about you? Huh? And what James is saying to people living in real life is you, gotta, you just got to slow it down. And he gives us some good counsel here. And here's what he says. Let's, let's, let's go step by step and just break down these few verses. He says first in verse number 19, he said, My beloved brethren, beloved brethren, let every, let every man, let every one of us be what? Swift to hear. Another way to say that would be what? Quick. Let every one of us be quick to hear. Now, I want you to get something from this today. I want you to, I want you to learn this truth. This is a modern-day proverb. It's practical. It's an exercise that we ought to apply into our lives daily. And I guess if we were to break it down, he's saying this. In essence, we need to listen more and talk less. Say amen right there. <laughs> huh? Now, you, you understand this, right? You understand that to really hear someone, you need to listen to them. Isn't that right? Huh? And I think most of us have lived long enough to know this, that some people have good hearing. Right? I mean, I can, I can have these guys lower it all the way down to where you can't even pretty much hear me. And somebody way in the back there said, I heard every word he said. You know? I mean, even whispering, you can't get it. I got good hearing. And some people are hard of hearing. I mean, you can yell, you know? And, and there's times, and I won't go, I won't say much about this, but pray for me because I repeat myself several times a day. And I'm not sure if Mrs. Genesee has, if she's hard of hearing or if she has what is called selective hearing. Oh, you knew all about that, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, man. So I see everybody going like this right now. They're going. You know what selective hearing is, right? You hear what you want to hear. You know? It's amazing. I can say to Donna, you look beautiful. But when I say, did you make sweet tea? Donna, did you make any sweet tea? Hey, Don, could you get me some sweet tea? Yo, I want some sweet tea. What'd you say? When I say, you look beautiful, she says, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> That's selective hearing right? Selective hearing. Look, look here. Here's what James is speaking about. James is encouraging us to practice active hearing, active hearing, deliberate hearing, listening on purpose, listening on purpose. Now, if we put this, if we put this in the context right? He, he, James is speaking about the Word of God. Uh, look down with me, if you would. Verse 22, but be ye doers of what? And not hearers only. So, in context, James is saying this. Please get this. In context, he's saying, we, as his children, my beloved brethren, we ought to be quick to hear God's Word. We ought to, we ought to be active listeners 
We ought to deliberately listen for God's Word. Are you with me? Huh? Be quick to hear. We ought to be quick to hear God's. We ought to be quick to listen to not just God and God's Word, but we ought to be quick to listen to others as well. Do you agree? Be quick to hear. And here's what the Proverbs said. Here's what the wise man said in Proverbs 12, verse 15. Look at the screen. He said, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that, look at that next word, hearkeneth. Hearkeneth. Now, we could have said, Brian, we could have said, we could have changed that. We could have said this, uh, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that listens unto counsel is wise. But that word hearken takes it to another level, doesn't it? To listen and to hearken. You know, you can listen, but when you hearken, is this, you're heeding it. Did you get that? And that's why every word in the Scriptures is important, and every, sometimes we ought to just hang on to that word. He that hearkeneth, you not only heard it, but now you're listening and you're heeding it. Right? The way of a fool is right in his, in his own eyes, Mm, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel, and of course, we're, I believe we're talking about the Word of God here, God's counsel is wise. Isn't that good? So what, what's the alternative? Well, here, here's what I thought. Here's what I think. When we fail to listen, when we fail to listen, several negative things might occur. For example, if we fail to, to listen, we might become unteachable. That is not a good attribute, by the way. Because if you fail to listen and you become unteachable, you know what that might mean? That might mean you have to learn the lessons the hard way. Because there are some lessons in life you just got to learn. You know? And if you're teachable, uh, when, I was, when my kids were coming up, when I was a youth pastor, I remember always saying this, I wish when I were younger, I would have learned from the mistakes of others. But because I was so smart, I wanted to learn by my own mistakes. I wish I had listened to my dad. I wish I had listened to, you know, some of the examples of my way, my, 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 my peer, peers that were just kind of wayward. I wish I had learned in school that, you know, you just can't get away with this. You're going to get clocked. Now, listen, I was a Catholic growing up. If you're listening online, I love you Catholics. But I went to school, and we had nuns. Yeah, how, many, how many are with me? Come on. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to take you back too far and get you depressed. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. Those, those ladies, you know, they wore something called a habit. <laughs> Some of them habits weren't real good. They used to beat the snot out of us. You know, I was afraid to mess up. And you would think that I would have learned from my peers who, you know, messed up and got no, not me. I had to learn all by myself. Why? Because when I was younger, I was not teachable. And there are some of God's kids who hear the Word of God, but they do not listen to the Word of God. And as a result, we become unteachable, and then we have to learn the lessons the hard way. Not only that, but I think this. I think if, you're, if, if you don't listen, then you might come to faulty conclusions. <laughs> You might come to faulty conclusions. Did you ever do this? Did you, did you ever act without, without hearing the whole story? You can get quiet right now. That's okay. I think we're all guilty of that. 
I remember this, uh, Tyler, I remember this, you're one of my staff members. I remember years ago uh, when our Christian school, uh, some of my staff would come to me and they would give me information. And, and, and early on, I would act upon it. And come to find out, I'm standing there with, with an empty bag because they were not giving me good intelligence. And so one of the things I always used to imply, uh, try to practice with my staff was this. When you bring me something, make sure you're giving me good intelligence because if I act on what you tell me, then I can find myself in the doghouse. Are you with me? And so here's what happens. When, when you're not teachable, you might come to faulty conclusions. You may come to a conclusion without all of the intelligence. And when you do that, you become impetuous. <laughs> Help me here. And sometimes you put yourself in a position where, man alive, why didn't I think this through? Why didn't I check my fact? Why didn't I do some, some, some fact-checking on this? Are you with me, church? And so he says, be quick. And then, then I think this, I think if we're, if we're not good listeners, that we, we could become impatient. That seems to be the trait of our time, right? We're just impatient people. We want everything that we want. We want it yesterday. Fast food is no longer fast enough for me. Huh? And it certainly has closed down since COVID. Be quick to hear. But then look at this. He says, he, let's move on. He says, same verse. Be swift to hear, be quick to hear, and then what? Slow to speak. And that doesn't mean stutter. He's not encouraging us to stutter. I think he's encouraging us to think, to think before we speak. Be quick to hear, be an active listener, and then think before you speak. That's, that instruction goes hand in hand, doesn't it? And here's the truth. You, you can't listen if you're speaking, <laughs> right? Have you ever been in one of those situations? Huh? Where, where now you, you've been there, where you're speaking to someone, but that person is thinking about what they're going to say as soon as, you, as soon as you pause. In fact, they're just looking for that awkward pause so they can just jump right in. They're not listening. Now, let's be honest. Come on now, we're in church. Doesn't that annoy you? Huh? You know what's even worse? When you're trying to talk to somebody who's on the phone, they're, they're texting away. Huh? You know how you can check whether or not they're listening to you? You know, they're texting away and say, hey, we're going to go rob a bank. Is that okay? Huh? I just ran over a puppy. Is that... They're not listening. You know? That's annoying, isn't it? Well, listen, it's not only annoying when someone does it to you. It's annoying when you do someone else right? And, and, and here's what the proverb said. The proverb said this. He reminds, Proverbs 13, flip it, guys, 13, 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. In other words, here's what he's saying. He's saying words should be carefully used or used carefully, right? And so we're going to think, be, be slow, you know, slow to speak. Listen, you know, more than you talk is pretty much what he's hinting at here. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is, because words have power, don't they? Our words have power. Our words have power to build up, and they have power to knock down, right? They have, they have power to uh, enlighten or exasperate, you know? They can either, you know, build a bridge or blow up a bridge, 
And they hurt. Sometimes they hurt, and sometimes they hurt deeply. Are you with me? Good counsel. Ecclesiastes 5.2 said this. Flip it up, guys. Again, Solomon speaking. He said, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Why? For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Look at that last statement. Therefore, let thy words be, be few. Here's what James is saying. James is saying we ought to listen more than we talk, right? We ought, to, we ought to be active listeners, and then we ought to think before we speak. Now, why? Well, here's, here's the message. Look at verse 19 again. He said, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Say this with me, slow to wrath. In other words, slow to get angry. Did you notice how, how he puts that one last? Huh? In essence, what he's saying is this. If you, if, you are, if you are an active listener, if you listen, you know, actively, and then, and then if, you, if you speak carefully, you won't find yourself in such a position where you're angry. It'll help you to calm down and respond properly. It's good counsel, isn't it? Especially in the angry world in which we live. Every, every, everyone around us is, is angry. So those first two virtues will help us with that last one. And again, here's what the Proverbs said, Proverbs 14, 29. He that is slow to wrath, to anger, is of great understanding. Did you see that? He, he, a, a person who is, who is not impetuous and doesn't act rashly is somebody who's got good understanding. Where did they get that good understanding? They were quick to hear and slow to speak. And as a result, they were, they were able to respond properly. Are you with me? Hmm? Uh, but then he adds this in verse 20. He says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. As I said a little bit ago, our anger doesn't help the cause of God. Our anger does not produce a good testimony. Our anger does not advance the kingdom of God. Say amen right there. Right? Uh, Paul speaks a little bit about that. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter uh, number, go ahead, flip it, Ephesians chapter 4. Look, he said, he said, be ye angry and sin not. Right? And so there's, we, we, we've been teaching this on Wednesday night. There is a good anger. Did you ever hear somebody say this? Go ahead and get good and angry. I'm just good and angry. No, Jesus got angry. He never got angry at a person. He got angry at a cause. Right? And he never stayed angry. And his anger wasn't revengeful. No, it was, it was righteous indignation. Right? But then he says this, be angry, but don't sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And that last part is important. Say it with me, neither give place to the devil. Right? And so, uh, Paul says there is a good anger, but then there's also a not-so-good anger. And that not-so-good anger is what James is speaking to us about. Be slow to get angry. Be slow to, slow to wrath. Are you with me? Why is that? Listen carefully. When we lose our temper, we lose. We lose. I said this on, we did a Bible study on Wednesday night about this, and, and here's, here's we, we, we kind of brought this together. And we said this, angry people are people 
who in life have gotten hurt. They got hurt by someone because in, in, in Ephesians chapter number four, Paul speaks about one another, forgiving one another, right? And so angry people are people who have gotten hurt. And here's what happens when you get hurt. When you get hurt, it's as if somebody took something from you. I was speaking to a dear sister before service this morning, uh, having a cup of coffee with her this morning, and she said this to me. She said, Preacher, she said, on Wednesday night, you helped me so much because it reminded me of something that happened in my, in my life when I was just a young girl. And she told me her story, and I would never repeat that. But here's what she said to me. She said, and I said this, I said this in the message on Wednesday night, or Bible study Wednesday night. I said this, I said, sometimes you get, you get uh, young people who get older, because we all get older, and now they're in their 20s, and they're hanging on to this anger towards someone because that someone took something from them. And maybe it was their innocence. Maybe it was their childhood. Maybe it was their future. Maybe it was their holidays. Maybe it was their college education because their dad or their mother were gamblers. And that child now is 20-some years old. Maybe it was, you know, my reputation. And now they're angry. They're holding on to it. They're angry in life because they got hurt because somebody took something from them. And here's what that person believes. Now, pay attention right here. That person believes, that, that hurt person believes that individual owes me. They owe me. They owe me. Now, friend, listen, that's faulty thinking. Let me tell you why. Dave, I can never give you back something that happened in your childhood. I can't give you back time. I can't give you back your reputation. I can't give you back. I can't give that back to you. And so if that's the only thing that will help you to forgive me, you're going to live in that bondage for a long time. Are you listening real good? Huh? <laughs> and, so, and so you say, but preacher, if I forgive that person, I'm letting them off the hook. No, you're not. Forgiveness isn't for the offender. Forgiveness is for us. You're not letting them off the hook. What you're doing is this. You're just canceling the debt. And what you're saying is, you know what? You don't owe me anything. As Jesus canceled my sin debt, I'm canceling your debt. Now you deal with it. Because if you don't, would you flip back to that verse again in Ephesians? If you don't, here's what happens. Watch this. You give place to the devil. And you know what he does? Here's what he does. He keeps pouring wound, assault, into that wound. And so the longer you stay angry, you know, the longer, you know, you stay in that, that hurt, it just intensifies. And it's just like, I mean, and so that one person abused you, now somebody else abuses you, and you just become open prey. Why? Because you gave place to the devil. You've heard this before. All he needs is a crack, because if he can get a foothold, he can get a stronghold. And why are people walking around so angry? All it takes, I'm telling you, I promise this is gospel truth. Mrs. Genizzi and I, dear saintly Mrs. Genizzi and I, we left ShopRite yesterday afternoon, right around the corner here. I always get lost on this property. I don't know where I'm at half the time. And, 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 and we were driving down the road, and, and I really wasn't paying attention, but I, we, we were on a, just a small street, so I wasn't going real fast, and there were speed bumps on the street. We were just right around the corner here. And so there was a car in front of me, and he went over the speed bump, and I went over the speed bump, and all of a sudden I see his hand. It was an older gentleman, older fella, 
a lot older than me. And he had a brown glove on, and so I really couldn't tell what he was doing until my wife said, is he flipping you off? Because he had this glove on, I couldn't see what he was doing out here, you know? And he kept on doing this and doing that. I was just driving, talking to Donna. We just picked up some stuff for dinner and blah, blah, blah. We're going home, going over a speed bump. I was doing 15 miles an hour. Well, maybe I got a little bit too close to him, and he's flipping me off, Raji. And I thought, no way. So we came to the next speed bump. There goes that hand again, and he's there. And I thought, man, Brother Riddell, you need to get a hold of your of your anchor. <laughs> he had the glove on, so at first I couldn't tell it was him, but it was him. <laughs> he had the mask, shirt, and tie. It was him, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, these guys flipped me off, and so I got nervous because I don't want to be fighting with an old man. And so I turned up the next street I could get off that street. And I was looking at the mirror of a mirror hoping he wasn't chasing me, you know? Guy was angry about something. I mean, I'm just driving down the road with my wife. Looking forward to getting home and having some dinner. This guy's flipping me off for no reason. Why? I'll tell you why. He's angry. And by the way, you don't need to be old to become cantankerous, but you got more time to work at it. And there's a lot of cantankerous people in this, right? Why? They're angry, they're hurt, and they believe somebody owes them something. You know what James says? James says this if you would be an active listener, and a slow speaker, if you think before you speak, you won't be so prone to get angry. You'll be slow to get, to get angry. Are you with me? Now, I need you to see one final thing. I want you to go to verse number 21 with me. And here's what he says. He says, wherefore, lay apart all filth. Or in other words, here's what he's saying. You, you just need to get rid of the flesh because your flesh is your biggest problem. Lay apart all superflu uh, uh, filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and look at this next word, receive. Receive. That's a big word. I'll come back to it in a moment. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. That's key. And by the way, verse 20 and 21 are attached to slow to anger. Why? Because he knows that's something that we struggle with in our emotions. And so he says, receive, you know, and basically what he's saying here is this, we, we need to receive the Word of God. We need to set aside the flesh. Here's how Paul said it. Paul said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then he said this, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Are you with me? James says, same verse, verse 21, lay apart, put off, get rid of, what? All of that baggage, all that baggage that sometimes we carry as humans and even as Christians. And the way you do it, now pay attention, the way you do it is by receiving, or here's what James is saying, let me cut to the chase, and I'm finished. He says this, you do it by cultivating a receptive heart. Say amen right there. Cultivating a receptive heart. Somebody say, preacher, help me with that. All right. I mentioned that word heart. We throw that around a lot, right? How many times have you heard it in church? Hey, just give Jesus your heart. 
What, what, what is that a reference to? You know, we speak about, when we speak about the heart, now pay attention right here, it's that invisible part of us. Don't close me out right now, please. Get this final point, I'm, I promise you, I'm, I'm finished. It's that invisible part, the heart. You know, you know we're not speaking about the organ, right? The heart that pumps the blood, that's not what we're talking about, that's an organ. Pumps blood, of course, it's life-giving. But when the Bible speaks about the heart, in most cases, it's speaking about that invisible part of you, that part of you that gets excited. Huh? Right? Uh, I happened to see uh, the Austin family getting ready to sing, and and I saw Miss Lillian walk over and give um, um, Clay. I have part-timers, not Alzheimer's. I have part-timers. Gave Clay a hug, and you probably said something encouraging to him, right? <clears throat> Praying for you. Huh? And, then, and then when they got up here to sing, I'll guarantee you, in her heart, she got excited. It's that invisible part of us that gets excited. Or it's that part of us that sometimes is broken. Do you ever get brokenhearted? Huh? Right? I told you the very first time I asked Mrs. Genizzi to marry me. You know what she said to me? No. Talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> A little piece of my heart broke. <laughs> I haven't gotten over it yet. <laughs> that invisible part. Are you with me? It's, it's, that part, it's that part that swells up with pride. Bob, Bob Fenton, every chance he gets, will tell me of how much he loves his children and then brags on them. And you know, I see his face light up. He's lighting up right now. Huh? Right? You do the same, right? But then it's also that part of us that's provoked to anger. The heart. What are we talking about? The heart. Listen, it's where we love and laugh. And it's confusing because sometimes, you know, we laugh and then cry at the same time. And we say they're tears of joy. Huh? But listen to this statement. Real life, because we live in a real world, real life is hard on the heart. Did you hear that? And I'm not speaking about the organ, although real life is tough with that too, right? But I'm talking about that other Real life, living in this world, is hard on the heart. Yeah. And that's why we say, that's why we encourage people to give your heart to Jesus. Only Jesus can protect it. What James says to us here, let me wrap this up, is this. Cultivate, cultivate, ask God to help you cultivate a receptive heart toward the Word of God. Because if you have a receptive heart toward the Word of God, it will, a receptive heart will help you to be quick to hear. A receptive heart will, will be an active listening heart to the Word of God and to other people. Right? You know, we're taught in counseling classes, Colin, that in order to be a good counselor, you've got to be a good listener. Why? Because most of the time, people will not only tell you what their problem is, but they'll give you the answer to their problem, and you just repeat it back and collect the check. (laughs) 
Right, Colin? Yeah. You've got to be a good listener. And so a receptive heart toward the Word of God allows us to be quick to hear and slow to speak. A receptive heart will help us to become slow to speak because we'll think before we speak. And then finally, of course, it'll help us to be slow to anger because a receptive heart will calm us down and give us the attributes that we need to be Christ-like. Are you with me? All of that out of one little verse? Yeah, man. And that's not even exhaustive, right? So what do we do? Listen carefully. I want to encourage us this morning to ask our Father to help us to cultivate a receptive heart. And I mean all of us. Me, Tyler, our deacons, our, our, our lay staff, our workers, every member, God help me to have a receptive heart because if I have a receptive heart, I'll become a good listener. I won't speak so much. I won't get myself in so much trouble. And I'll be able to deal with some of these anger issues I have. Help me. Would you pray that this morning with me? God, help me to cultivate a receptive heart. You know where it begins? Look here. It begins by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And then, and then He begins to work in our lives to create in us a new heart. A new heart. Oh, not the organ. It'd be good if we can get a new one of them. Not the organ. No, a new heart. And I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 7, 37, 4. He said, he said, God will give you delight thyself also in the Lord, and God will give you the desires of your heart. So that means this, Mike, if I can just get happy in Jesus, he'll give me everything I want. No, that's, that's not what that means. It means this, I'm going to pray, God, would you please change the desires of my heart so that I might desire what you want me to desire. Now I have a desire for the Word of God. I have a desire for prayer. I have a desire for wholesome living. I no longer desire to cuss, curse. I no longer desire to cheat or manipulate. I don't want to be a bad guy any longer. I want to be what you want me to be. Delight thyself also in the Lord. God cultivated me, created me a receptive heart. Would you pray that this morning? Would you pray that this morning? Let's stand together. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.